0: Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Eland, recording in the Podcast Town studio.
1: I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better.
0: I'm tuned in. All right, we are back in podcast town studio with Uncensored. So I have my girls on the line. And after reviewing our first episode as a group, we are now doing nicknames because we were a little confused and all over the place. And we want some clarity so you all can really hear the different perspectives. So we're going to have the two women who are on the podcast with me introduce themselves with their code name. And so we are keeping it consistent. This is all about anonymous conversations that you all have with your girls, with your family members, with your partners. So we can keep it real 24-7 on this show. And so we'll start with introductions.
1: All right. Well, we're going to introduce Ose to the scene. Um, What would you like to know about me there? Ose. Radio host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ose. Ose. Ose.
0: OC is very representation. The name represents your generation for sure. What's one thing that you appreciate about your upbringing? Check in question.
1: Oh, wow. My upbringing since I am so old. Oh, my God. That is a loaded question. My upbringing—that I love—the fact that I had a stepfather who made me feel as loved as a child could be—that's not wasn't his own.
0: Mm, that goes into family values, but I'll hold on it. Okay, we have one more host that we'll introduce at this time. Go for it. Yes, I am Sky. Hello. <laughs> Sky, tell us something fun that you appreciate about your generation. Um, we like creative fun. No, for
2: real. Like we love to have fun. Um pretty much anything, everything outside the box, old stuff, new stuff. Everything
0: has to be fun. I would agree with that. And there is no limits to your generation's creativity. <laughs> And so we come together once a month so we can mind our business. Yes, we are minding our business with stories in the news. And so one thing that we as a group came together is talking about family. So when I go on social media, family first is a big hashtag. It's everywhere is what people put under their picture when they are in a picture with their kids, their partner, whoever. And it's like, But is it really is family really first in the society? And I bring it up because we have all of these situations in the media. So when we look at Jolie and Brad Pitt, you know, they have a disagreement because of a wine business they started and one sold and one didn't. And, you know, all hell breaks loose. We have Kanye and Kim. We already know the business with that. them going through a divorce. Everyone's talking about who Kanye's dating. All hell breaks loose, even though they had a family unit, right? Regina King, unfortunate tragedy with her son and all the drama that happens around the news outlets and how they report about it. Megan Good and her husband, Dion Franklin, the breakups. And so it seems like family's first until tragedy hits, whether it's divorce, it's death, whatever comes over the family it seems like it just breaks apart and then I always ask myself was it ever really first and so all these stories I pose the question to Sky how do we start to protect family values especially with your generation being so creative and so free I don't even know if they value family at this point I think a lot of them are are into the live my life and and make changes around the world and family will come if it comes yeah so that's that's really loaded because you have to think about part of my generation
2: does not believe in family values they don't believe in the same type of dynamics that we have built civilizations on unfortunately and that digression is not unpopular it's not like an uncommon thing you meeting someone who's like, oh, I never want to have children. I never want to be married. I never want to even be in a, any type of domestic situation where they have to have a, a true bond commitment relationship with someone else, whether it be a pet. So um, family values right now is on the decline. And I think it's, it's definitely because there hasn't been any real like celebrated examples of Family happiness that's realistic. Like our whole idea of what a family is, of a family dynamic, it's it's lies. And when you base something off of lies, you can't grow from it. You can't build from it. And every time you do, that's when you have that breakdown. That's where you have those situations where like when tragedy does happen, what can you
0: rely on? Because all you have is lies to save yourself in the first place that's loaded you said lies i see michelle obama beyonce (laughs) jay-z will and jada like there are families out here thriving in a way um and so i want to go back and dig into this lies aspect because when i reflect on my marriage i think about perception versus reality what i perceived marriage to be and then my reality and then after looking at that, right, am I strong enough to endure some of the trials and tribulations that come with it? So I don't know if I necessarily see it as lies. I see it as things I didn't ask questions about. And it's just it's my personal journey. So I had to walk down it, too. Uh, what do you think about that, O.C? Mm.
1: <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I think you all little young buckets got stuff like twisted like in our day it's like um we believed in marriage and having babies and the woman staying at home and the man bringing in the money and all of that kind of stuff Um, but I think you could look at that in another way as well as putting your family first and All of that is it could be merely just being considerate of each other or coming home on time, you know, stuff like that. It could be that simple and it could be that major where you're bringing home flowers once a week or, you know, stuff like that. But I really do believe the younger generation has most definitely lost the values that we carried when we were Um, dating and as we get older. Because see, now I'm as old as I am and I don't believe in marriage, having kids and none of that. (laughs) I just want to stay single.
0: So I think there were were two layers in there that I want to dig into. The man providing and women staying at home that is a huge 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 topic around me and my friends and i think it's because there there are so many things happening in this space um well in my circle shall i say there is the woman who has supported the man who has Yet to find his real identity. Right. And then there's the woman who went into marriage, super open minded, got married and it's nothing that she desires. And then there is the woman who is single and truly unhappy. And when I look at all those spaces, it's like the grass is not greener on the other side. When I listen to all the stories of my friends, it's I see this in your relationship. So I think it would be totally better to have. And that is where I believe the breakdown of even wanting a family starts, because you think it's again, it's this fantasy of like, this is what marriage is. And it's not that I feel like marriage is it really is the vows that you say it's enduring through all of this hardship. And the challenge is enduring. (laughs) And so people are, it's easy to say, or women, at least my friends, it's easier to say, I'd rather not, or I'm done with this versus uh, finding ways and strategies to make it work. And then some people just got married too soon and it's not the right person. Um, So I don't know. It's, I feel like all these different things, healing has been missed. That's a huge piece that I, And family values that I feel like we're just, we'll gloss over the healing part and we just want it to work. We just want to come together as one and for everything to fall in line. And that's not realistic.
1: That's true. I mean, I don't think I was realistic about none of my marriages, to be honest. I wanted it to be no arguments nothing and when we argued I was like bye I'm gone when we fought okay I'm gone it was never okay let me sit here and let's talk about it let's endure this and let's stay together I always bailed
0: Sky what do you think about that I mean you are younger and you're married and you have a family and just like finding the balance. I think about, you know, my career and I'm a little bit older than you and then having a family and being a wife is it's a lot of layers to that. How do you think your, uh, from your perspective, your generation is digesting all of that?
2: Um, well, you got to think about I'm a odd oddball. In my generation, but also because, like, like I, I'm not like the older spectrum of my generation, but I'm also still oddball because I've been married for some years now. So I got married super young, and there has in that time, like, there has been just so many different things that I had to learn and had to really understand for myself that people twice my age don't even know yet, and that is really really crazy to think about because there's people who probably been married twice and are 44 and probably want to be single until they really meet that special person and not have really digested like the last two marriages they don't had in their life what ha- what they brought and what um they've taken away from you and with that being said like nowadays, if I had to speak to someone who has never been married and is thinking about marriage or someone who's younger than me, I would let them know, like, take everything you think of marriages, take everything you've learned of marriages, take 98% of that and throw it away. Because the person <laughs> that you marry is not going to be going to be your expectations no matter if this was your is your perfect guy even if this is your perfect guy that person is not going to be your expectations and if y'all can come into it like into the, your marriage where you don't have expectations and they don't have expectations of course you may like something to be something but expectations have that demandment. and there's no Real like demands you can have in a, a long lasting marriage because people every day change, and I don't think people really be really ready for the changes that happen to an individual when you're in a relationship with them. Like, even when you're like, okay, my girlfriend cut her hair off, I didn't like her haircut, it's gonna grow back, it's fine, but your wife dyed her hair orange and shaved half of it off and then five years she dyes it black and it looks like a hot mess and you don't like it or it's too long and now every time you move close to her it's in your mouth and like those are the little things that you have to be ready for not including the big things like oh my god my husband he messed up a job and now they he's fired and now I'm the only one working and we have plans to go on vacation this year I'm gonna miss Miami for the second year coming like those are real things like and I don't think anyone really is prepared for it coming off the idea of Disney coming off the idea of Nickelodeon coming off the idea of ABC and NBC and all these these very nice family dynamics that portrayed a certain image that I feel like watching an adult swim gives you a better idea of what marriage can be like than watching like a Disney movie and seeing that <laughs> the dad pat the son on the head when he when he fucks up. Like that's not what's happening. <laughs> like and healing like oh I believe older generations they didn't they weren't healed. They weren't you know uh progressing from their traumas they brought their traumas into their marriage good or bad but they made it work they didn't let their traumas overrule the family dynamic so good or bad and i say that it it really depends on the situation like and it really depends on the trauma but you had a lot of men that beat their wives right Like we have a lot of older generations that they dealt with alcoholism. They dealt with drug addiction and they are, are, some are still in these committed relationships and some are not. And was that five years of you taking those beatings when y'all were going through hard times worth the 15 years afterwards where things were, were better and, do your kids remember what do they remember during that time frame do y'all have kids like there's so much that i think that also plays a part in your marriage now like what's that person's family history what type of dynamic are they used to because that's that's going to affect your marriage that's going to affect your relationship anybody who's not have a good relationship with their family They're going to bring extra baggage into your marriage because they don't even understand family dynamics for themselves. And that's what a huge chunk of my generations who were raised by people who were unmarried or who were side chicks or side dudes or um, unplanned, unmarried come out of wedlock where we have these dynamics of we don't know what a family is we don't know what love to a certain extent is. like and we struggle to even to love ourselves so how are we going to love another person yet let alone be ready for marriage
1: right and you know I think that has a lot to do with what you're saying is is a lot of it it, it touches home as an older person um, you do You don't know, you know, and that's weird. But I always say when you don't know something, find something out. And it always get me when people say, well, I don't know how to have a family, you know, because my family didn't show me that. And then I say, well, hell, how you learn how to have sex? So it's like, if you really want (laughs) to learn, you know what I mean? mean, okay,
2: who
1: parent teaches you how to have sex? Yeah, but then, too, you try to figure it out, though, right?
2: I mean, by
1: watching a porn, that's how you figured it out. So <laughs> if you're trying to figure out what a family is, you know, look it up online, look at pictures, read. Just say, hey, this is what family do, you know, and love. What's love? You know, love is is an action, you know. So well, how do I, can I show that? You know what I mean? By whooping their ass when they <laughs> fuck up and giving them some love and, and, you know, whatever, when they do right, but have a balance towards it or whatever. So since you got married so young, Sky, do you regret it? For Personally, for my marriage, no. I would not be the woman I am
2: today if I had not got mm-hmm. married young. God knows what type of woman I would be had I not gotten married young, like had I not been in a, a long-term committed relationship so young and just like knowing like, okay, before I was like in a committed relationship, what was my mindset? What was I doing? Like, I won't, I don't regret the person I am. I don't regret my relationship. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with personal choices. Like, If I made other choices, it could be definitely a different answer, but it's it's all based on what you make of it.
1: Right.
0: That's true, but that question on the right day, you'll get a different answer, I feel. Not necessarily from you, Sky, yeah. just in general, because it's these highs and lows of marriage. Like, this whole week could be high, and man, I don't regret yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But let next week be five different trials. Man, I wish I could Because if you would definitely able to ask and me two years okay. ago, boy, fuck,
2: <laughs> fuck marriage. That's what it would have really been the answer. Who would you? I would have been like... But that was a different time. Two years ago makes a big difference.
0: And that's what I really want the people in my space to to realize about marriage, like, you know, those first few years, they are challenging and they're challenging for different reasons, but there are going to be highs and lows, just like there are highs and lows in every relationship close to you. I mean, there is no relationship that goes seamlessly. And I have put up a quote on the page today and I feel like, this was not planned, but it just hits home on what we're talking about. And I read it a few times, like I posted it because it sounded good. And then I started to read it and I was like, this means something. And it's a Shakespeare quote. And it says the course of true love never did run smooth. And I was like, whoa, it was the words that kind of caught me, but just replaying it in my head all day. It's like, nothing's ever going to be perfect and i don't even know if it's society that told me marriage would be perfect i never desired marriage nor thought about it i don't think i really thought about marriage until i was two seconds from about to walk down the aisle and i almost passed out and i said i was trying to prevent a panic attack and one of the girls in my bridal party was like tyra she closed the door you are not finna do this right now we're about to walk down that aisle And it wasn't necessarily second guessing. It was like, hold on. Oh, my God, I'm about to get married. (laughs) It didn't hit me until I was literally about to walk down the aisle. And it's because one thing you talked about, Sky, was this um, healing space. I was pregnant before we got married. That revealed a lot to myself about myself and I didn't know how to unpack that so trying to marry someone and unpack it lord knows he don't know how to unpack my suitcase he don't know what I put in there I haven't disclosed every level and layer to me and so when I'm talking to women around me it's like you know I wouldn't say not commits, right? Because, Sky, you just spoke to it. You don't know who you would be had you not gotten married. I don't know who I would have been had I not gotten married. And there have been some huge trials through it. But I don't regret it because I needed to go through it. And I feel like there are so many women who are living in the fear side of it that they don't see the beauty mm-hmm. of it. Like, it's it flows, right? It goes either way. Oh, see, you've been married.
1: Yeah, a whole bunch of times, I wasn't going to
0: put the number out because I Uh, don't know the
1: accurate number. Probably about seven. What do you have to say? Nothing. It's called, hey, I even did it twice in one time. I meant, hey, life is all about how you live it. Do I regret getting married all them times? Hell no. I was hoping that one of them would be the right one, but they weren't. But I realized that I was letting the wrong man choose me. Oh, But um, now I want it. I'm older. But I feel that um, you can't find one now. All these old, incredible men. You got 55-year-old men talking about, oh, I'm going to go sell some weed. (laughs) And I'm like, I didn't pick this man up at the corner. He wasn't in the hood. And he's still trying to sell some weed. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, hey. When I look at you young folk who are married, you know, I have to give you all props because I don't think I can do it, to be honest. And now that I'm older, I still try to be more open. But I realized I'm not. I mean, (laughs) you say some crazy shit to me. This dude came to my house and he was on the land and he said, do it snow down here? (laughs) I said, what the fuck? Dude, you 20 minutes away from me. What the fuck are you at? Oh, God. I just tripped out. Then, he, then later on, do it rain down here? Well, don't you see the goddamn rain outside right now? <laughs> well, do it rain in your trailer? I was like, oh, my God. Can he just leave already? <laughs> so what have
0: you—you've done this seven times. What have you learned about yourself throughout those processes?
1: Hmm, that hell. I don't know shit, really. Um, I don't know how to have a relationship where you have issues and you come back from it and how you just work it out. I don't think I know how to just be still and let the process work. As soon as I see BS, I'm gone. I don't sit around. I don't say, oh, let me give him a little bit more time. We too old for that shit. It's either whoever you are now is who you are. What you see is what you get.
0: Mm. So we're gonna wrap up this segment with the bomb question for Sky and OC to weigh in on. What is the invisible message that our listeners need to take away when we talk about family first? We'll start with Sky. Family,
2: no matter what type of family.
0: It is, whether it's a
2: marriage, friendship, or not friendship, but like cousin, mom, grandma. Like it, that is, it is what it is, but it's also what you make it to be. Um, And if you want family, if you want to uphold family values, the first thing you have to do is define family for yourself. Define what those relationships Mm. are going to be and then move forward with that. No one can tell you what's right as for you and your family. No one can tell you what a family is besides you, unless you like you really messed up in the head and you need to go get help. But um, yeah, just keep that in mind, because people people will try to tell you stuff and
1: mislead you. And I think I would uh, just wrap it up real easy. Real easy and clean. That's normally what OC does. And you know, tell it like it. T I is. It's called Love Me for Who I Am, Not Who You Want Me To Be. <laughs> and period. Drop the mic.
0: That was a mic drop. And I was gonna use that quote because I had heard that quote a few times in my life. <laughs> and it's true. And I to even see just go a little bit deeper into the quote. The expectations have to be gone. Like, you have to take away expectations and you have to endure the love. Like, meet people where they are, every family member, and be okay with where they are instead of forcing them into a different position. Because when those expectations come in, oh, it's easy to be frustrated. It's, easily for all, it's easy for all hell to break loose when something, when tragedy hits the, the core of family. And that's, you know, that's good. One thing we're going to no, know, we're going to transition because we can keep going on this topic. The beauty of this segment being uncensored. So we're going to say what we want to say is the fact that it's multi-generational. And so when we were talking about some of the topics, we really had to go into what are generations being impacted about today? And so COVID, it has changed the world. It changed how we operate, the technology. Is driven a wedge between the COVID negative and the COVID positive, but also Gen X and baby boomers. Like there are lines being driven through the way we interact today. And someone will ask me how so. What do I mean by that? We don't accept cash or checks. Grocery store checkouts, it's self checkout predominantly. You have one or two cashiers paying bills online. You can't make a hair appointment unless you go online. And so we have to invite wisdom to this transition. And it doesn't seem like it has been um, invited. And so how do we save the baby boomers in this story? And I'll let OC kind of start us off on this side.
1: Well, for one, you know, I, I went into Walmart or yeah, it was Walmart and I went to go check out and there was no lines where people were sitting there helping. You had to sit there and check it out for yourself and you know I was thinking about an older person who who's not as charming as me (laughs) you know that and I could go through it and actually I have fun because when I was a kid I loved playing checkout clerk and I still do that's the crazy part so how you know how does that person that's Sixty-five, seventy, 70 come along and they're trying to check out and they don't know how to do this or scan. And that could become very frustrating where it could really cause on an anxiety attack. And to me, uh, one of the older people s- asked the lady like, OK, so what do I do? I can't do this. And she said, well, I'll help you do it. I mean, who want to sit there and watch somebody do something that you could just get in the line, open it up and just do it? And I just think they're leaving us behind. The older people that don't want to learn or can't learn, they're just leaving them behind. And I just think that's sad. And um, because with the technology that's going on, like now this radio station we're on, but uh, that le- walks into you, Sky. what you think? So
2: technology, I, uh, first of all, I hate self-checkout. <laughs> um, <laughs> We can really agree on that because, like, why does chips cost five dollars Walmart and I'm in here checking out myself? Like, no, <laughs> right?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me some but, deal, give me a deal since I'm the one checking myself out, exactly. Like,
2: besides, like, you know, the five finger discount, I'm like, come on now, but um, I do think, I really do think they are leaving. Um, older people behind, and pretty much all of my jobs that I've worked, a big a part of it was explaining to old people what they needed to do to do simple things, as pay their 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 phone bill, or move money in their bank account. And it's really sad to see because you have people who now they have to rely on someone else to help them get their social security money out their bank account. That's ridiculous that they can't even pay their bills, live on their own, be self-sufficient. And these are not people that have dementia. These are not people that can't walk by themselves. These are people that have a good mind on them. And they can't survive in this world without assistance or without someone there doing it for them. And I think it's a scam to a certain extent because, and unfortunately, older people are the biggest population to be hit by scams any scam you can think of older people get ensnared into it and unfortunately with my job I've had the unfortunate pleasure to inform these people like hey yeah like you are being scammed I know you you've spent money I know you've given money I know you've given your personal information and access to these people but this is not real. This is a fake entity or they send them like checks for them to you to do to cash because they done, done some type of work for them. And it's invalid. And it's it's really sad to see because they're. I won't say that this is our, our, our weaker population because. That's just putting the wrong idea out there. But it's it's definitely a vulnerable population. And we are kind of leaving them out to dry for sure.
1: Yeah, and I I agree with that. But then, too, as an older person, I look at it like, okay, you want to scam me? I'm going to scam you. You know, being an older woman, man, I'm going to tell you, go in that grocery store. You know how easy it is to act like you scanning something and you ain't. So if they ever catch you, you'd be like, oh, baby, I didn't know. I, oh, Lord, I didn't know. I thought I was doing the right thing. Y'all people, y'all just uh, put me on this scanner, and I look like I'm stealing something. Oh, Jesus. But, hey, but, you know, I, I do feel sorry because once people start, getting in your business to help you then that's when they start stealing. And you know how people mm-hmm. say I don't steal. I say that shit all the time and it's a damn lie. <laughs> and you know it and, and it is like okay, I don't steal everything. I don't steal from my friends and all of that, but you know that's why to me you should always have accountability. Two people doing something cuz sometimes that money looks so good to you and you just lose your damn mind or something, but um I wish they would find some type of way to help more of the elderlies and stuff like that. Um, And I don't understand why all the grocery stores is going to self-checkout anyway. That is the most easiest way to steal. Really, it is. And it's like, why not have one or two lines open, you know, for the ones who don't? And those be long. I like self-checkout, though. It's fun.
0: The population or what they tell the public is, is due to work. Worker
1: shortage. If that's the case, we've been work shortage a long time ago. Before <laughs> before they started doing this, we didn't have that problem.
0: It seems like the world has their, their talking points, right? Especially because of COVID. Like this pandemic happened and it was individuals getting sick and then, you know, businesses being shut down. And so the first answer is worker shortage. The second answer is to prevent COVID spread. The third answer is trying to be more efficient in social space, social distance. So it's like all of these layers and it begs the question, is this truly about COVID or is it about Cutting the budget or is it about like there are all these hidden layers that I feel like because we are the people in the background, we'll never really know the answer to that.
1: Those lazy people who be behind the cash register, I do want to say move your ass out the way because you're too damn slow. You don't know what you're doing. So, you know, move them people somewhere else because they aggravate me.
2: It's definitely about like the money. It's, it's 100% about the money because guess what? Um, not to play the race car, but, uh, and I know it's probably very similar up there how it is here in Chicago. In the city, we have our self-checkout. In certain areas, it's half self-checkout, half cashier. In the suburbs, it's all cashier, no self-checkout. And they're going to keep it like that because they know, one, that, the people who are in those areas, one, are going to complain. Um, two, are, have some type of means, some type of wealth, and they are going to use that to the best of their ability. And in the cities, in these urban areas where there's more demand for things, they don't really care. It's not like you're an individual think you're just a number. And with the money, Why am I paying someone, I don't know where your minimum wage is, but here, why am I paying someone fifteen dollars an hour? Then if they're full time, I have to worry about giving them insurance or paying this deductible or paying unemployment insurance and all this other stuff. When I can just remove you guys and continue to keep all the profit, even though workers like workers pay is very minimal. Overall to a Fortune 500 company, that's a good 30,000 times uh, what 50 is employees times 50 stores that CEOs can put in their own pockets.
0: This is a question when we talk about the difference between city and suburbs, I mean whether it's education, the education system, city streets, I mean every area of focus, I ask this question how does? the urban voice become heard in these same there's potholes going like crazy down hampton avenue and anytime someone goes to start working on hampton avenue there is construction for a whole summer plus two months something happened on prospect on our east side the construction is over within four weeks how and i'll pose this to oc because you have more lived experience than (laughs) myself and sky how does the urban voice begin to speak and be heard that is actually impactful to what we're experiencing in our everyday life?
1: It's called your leaders, the people who that who you make your mayors and your what do you call them? Uh, councilmen, aldermen, things of that nature. I mean, we all know in Milwaukee, the north side, you know, potholes, potholes, you know, so to be heard, it would be your councilmen. Um, you all need to get with them and tell them how you feel. But I know that doesn't happen because I think the councilmen always have their own agenda and they're not, you know, necessarily thinking about the potholes. They're thinking about something else. Um, in other words, if, if they don't hear you, shoot, get an organization starting. You know, I'm old school. I believe in stopping the street. I believe in picketing. I believe in doing what most people won't do to make a point. So I probably live around a whole big old pothole. Get about ten people and block the street, sit around the pothole, make a fire in it, you know, start talking. Tell T V come, police come, you know, stuff like that. Sounds crazy, but it gets stuff done what from my experience and what I've realized.
0: I feel like this whole topic transitions not only are we talking about technology and the baby boomers, potholes, aldermen, all of that is speaking up for the voiceless. And Sky, when I think about your generation, there's a big wave around activists bringing uh, cultures together and it just looks different. Um, when I look on social media, when I look at how my kids do things, it's a, it's a little bit more diverse, right? Um, and everyone wants to have a cause that they support. And that may have always been the case and maybe we just didn't see it. But Sky, from your perspective, what does it look like um, in your generation to stand up for the voiceless?
2: I think nowadays, one, it's really hard to be voiceless. And that um, and when I say that, I mean, like. There's got to be like. You know it's always out that oddball but like unless you're a child unless you're like not have the physical capabilities to have your your voice heard then there's always a way for you to do so now for people my age what we think getting our voice heard is going viral and that's true like going viral gets your voice heard but only because the people who actually have the mechanisms and tools and resources and the ability uh-huh. to, to implement your voice sees it. Yeah. And when we stop needing those middle people to facilitate our voices, is when we will actually see the transitions and the change that we want to. Unfortunately, that requires a lot more maturity, a lot of education and a lot of motivation to do so. And with one of the downsides of my generation is that we are about the short term. We want it now. We want it here. And if it's not going to happen now and here, then what's the point of doing it if it takes 20 years? And that's that's a, a up and a down because I I really hate to see I don't know what the next 15 years is going to look like, but like what happens when voter turnout is in a thousand what happens when all the men are selected and not elected what happens when when that transition takes place because at this rate people my age and I would even say your age are not involved with as far as when it comes to actually being those mechanisms and resources and I don't trust the ones, the oddball who are, like, you have some, maybe they're doing it from the good of their heart, maybe, but then you have others that they're just like, um, who is, they're just another pawn. They're just another person that they were passed the torch to be manipulators and to be our so-called leaders
1: and, um, yeah. I don't I don't know. What do you think about sky like being older like me, for instance, you're saying it's easier to to get on on Facebook or not Facebook or to try to get it um, to get your story out so you can be heard. You know, I find that I try to get my story out and be heard and I, I don't know how to do those things. Um, so I think what you're saying is right as far as your generation, but the older generation, we're, we're having a problem being heard now because the way we used to be heard is kind of canceled out now. So now we're trying to figure out how can we get back in there to be heard.
0: I would agree with that. I think. And even being in the middle, um, it's this bridge of meeting society where they're at. I believe there are a lot more voiceless people. I believe there are a lot more stories um, that are impactful that we haven't heard because you have to be the influencer, the athlete, the entertainer, the actress or actress um, to draw attention to these stories. It's not until someone, to your point, Sky, repost and it goes viral, doesn't matter And it may have mattered to a community before. And even within these little communities, our voice is really being heard because I can go into my community of women influencers and women who care about empowerment and self-development, self-care, self-love, that wave. And we could just be talking, talking amongst ourselves, but are we creating change in that area? And I think there's minimal change in all areas because you need the power of one of those influencers to come in and to put a stamp of approval on it for people to move and impact. I mean, unfortunately, Floyd's death a few years ago That was the the stamp of of approval because everyone was watching, every athlete, actor, every influencer saw this and it was a stamp to say black lives matter so therefore we saw a domino effect of black men and women being elevated in their in their companies even though they've worked for these companies for the last five ten years put up the best numbers now they have the validation to be promoted in whatever role that is now we need diversity and inclusion we didn't need that five years ago though we only needed it because there was a viral moment. And so I think there are still a lot of stories that are not heard. I believe that there are a lot of individuals who are silenced because the impact of their story would change the world, would change how we think, would change perspectives. And we miss that because we need this approval. And I believe it's because the majority, us as Humans who just walk around and have no influence operate that way, and so we have changed the narrative. And I don't, I don't believe it was consciously, um, but I believe that's what our so- our society looks like now when it means to stand up for a cause. I think that's what it's
2: always been though. Like for older people, like when it comes to it, when it comes to to getting your voice heard, and even with technology. Like, yes, it would be nice if there was a public like class so that th- there was running through basics of all the new apps and bait like social media, at least that because social media is a, is a huge impact for not just like social, but work as well. It kind of blends nowadays. Like, yes, it would be nice, but that's that's still that person's responsibility until until you cannot function anymore. It's your responsibility to keep going on. And I don't anyone who who doesn't keep up always has since time has begun gets left behind. And the same thing with social media, social media didn't start the trend of, oh, I need someone who's who's famous. I need someone who has a, a voice or a platform already for me to be heard. That's how it's always been. Mm. Martin Luther King was not the first civil rights leader. He was just the one that had the right connections had the right education, looked the right part, and that's who they chose. Clearly, there was hundreds of people before him that paved the way for him to even exist. For his father, like, he was made. Martin Luther King was made. Like, he was, this was something that, yes, he had a passion for, but he was taught from birth to be. And so, when it comes to having your voice heard, it wasn't, for George Floyd, it wasn't, basketball players or actresses or actors that push for that change it was for the people who shared the video 10 times like like myself and people who did not let it go even with the Brian Taylor even with Tamara Rice right, we not let it go keep pushing for it i'm in my 20s so when this stuff started happening i was a teenager and i still like even I was probably a little bit younger than a teenager so even still I will still no matter what incident it's been will go and repost anything that has to do with social justice anything that has to do with immigration anything that has to do with religion I'm going to go ahead and post because these are things that I have believed in for a long time and keeping up with pushing that agenda I think to for example like for for my parents they used to be into politics they used to be into all these movements and even I met this person he's a was a founder he created a huge newspaper black owned here in Chicago in Indiana and he documented the things that were happening as far as the city of Chicago with gangs and with the civil rights like he was here during that time and he created the newspaper for it now that same newspaper does not put out the same material that they did back then that made them so revolutionary and iconic that made him the person that he is today and I think that as as people get older they lose that traction they lose that that motivation to keep going and to keep pressing to to keep the their foot on the gas of of making their voices heard
0: that's a good point um losing the energy right uh to keep going when when you feel like the traction is lost which leads me to a a wrap-up question to this segment is how will you OC and how will you Sky continue to use your voice and where you stand in the communities you care about Patria you just listed a, a few of the communities that are most passionate to you but you know our individual steps and what we do on the daily can contribute to you know impact if we keep doing it and we don't lose our energy and stay energized so OC we'll start with you
1: I'm sorry, I've lost my energy. I do not have the energy that I used to have to fight the things that I used to fight. So, um, I'm burnt up. What do you think, Sky?
2: Um, I think I'm at the beginning of my of my chapter still, and so hopefully I can I last as long as I can to continue to promote. The wellness for all that I, I want to see in my community and I want to see in my society and hopefully make it a, a global
0: campaign. Well, you all here heard it first. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep hosting this podcast um, every week, bringing you all different perspectives, because with different perspectives, a spark can happen and it can be life changing for those who hear. And that's the goal. And and one of the things that I love, love, love that just happened, this level of self-awareness of where we all stand on a topic. It may not be the same, but we can move forward under, with understanding and different perspectives. And this is how we're wrapping up our second episode of Uncensored. Next month, when we come together, we'll be talking about self-awareness, um, just being more self-aware of where we stand in life, and all the things that are happening around us. It's been real. Any final words for the audience,
1: Osi and Sky? From Osi to all, have a good night. <laughs>
0: It's all on you. And until next time. (laughs) (laughs) And we are out with the Uncensored Screw. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain, or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elan.